welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log Day 55 Three Qualities A couple of months ago, I was visiting a few of my friends in a neighboring city. You know, it's about two hours away, and I've mentioned this trip a few times before because different parts of it stood out to me and were relevant to certain field logs that we may have had in the past. But on that same trip, I was talking to one of my friends whom I've known for probably close to 10 years at this point. And you know that when a friendship is that old, it's generally because you have something very profound in common, right? And he and I don't share the same worldview, right? We don't have many of the same interests, but he's an incredibly hardworking man. He's very successful, right? And he's very extroverted. So we've been friends for a very long time. I love him to death. But because he's in that mindset, right, he has a lot of resources around, you know, maybe building material wealth and those sorts of things. And one of the things that he shared with me on this trip was a short clip or short quote that I've actually looked up since then before recording this episode. So I'm going to be able to put that in the show notes for you. And I want to dissect that idea for a bit because it absolutely fascinated me, right? I read all kinds of information into it and I want to share that with you today and see if we can maybe learn something about this idea together. And the quote goes something like this and it's from a man who I don't know and he was on, um, it was in the Impact Theory podcast, which I've listened to a couple of episodes. I found quite nice, you know, some of them. The, the man's name is, I think, Alex Hormozzi, and I don't know what he does, but he clearly carries himself with a lot of charisma and a lot of authority. But one of the things he said was that there was a study that tried to determine what qualities do ultra-high achievers all have in common, right? Maybe you think the very wealthy or maybe athletes at the highest level, those kinds of people. And the three qualities he lists are one, They have a superiority complex, so they think they're better than everybody else. Quality number two, they're very insecure. They never think they'll be good enough. And then quality number three is impulse control. And if you just look at those three facts for a second, the first thing you'll realize is that one and two seem to be contradictory. But how can you think that you're better than everyone else and at the same time, think you'll never be good enough, right? And have insecurity. The third one, I think, is quite obvious, right? The ability to do what you say you'll do, the ability to put off present pleasure for future reward, right? That's very common in people who are successful. I've always believed that, and this is just confirmation. But I want to look at these three qualities for a second and maybe try to think about them for a bit, try to reinterpret them in a way that's not so condemning, perhaps, because I think that there is a root of truth to this. But the way it's phrased and the language that's used makes it sound very negative, right? And I want to maybe reinterpret that in a more positive light and help you use this information to perhaps assess your own character and your own qualities and to see if there's something that can be gleaned from this. So let's start with the first one, right? Ultra-high achieving people all have a superiority complex. They all think they're better than people. Now, if you take this at face value, this is the trait of a narcissist, right? To think that you're better than everyone else, that you have inherently more value, 
course, goes against everything we believe as warrior kings, right? We don't think that this calling of being the most effective man you can be and building things like your earning potential and your physical strength and your craft and your mind and your relationship abilities and your charisma and all of that, that doesn't make you better, right? It means you're different. And I've used this analogy before. I'll use it again. It's not mine. Is that we all, as members of the body of Christ, right, people who believe in the Lord, we all are different body parts of that body. We have different roles, right? And we've talked about this before, that if you're a man who has built a lot of wealth and used that wealth to support some sort of mission or some sort of godly work that someone else is doing, something spiritual, you become a co-worker in that, right? So you can't say that the man supplying the wealth or the man doing the mission that one would be better than the other, but rather that they're both different. If you take it at face value, you might immediately reject this piece of information, right? Ultra-high-achieving people all have a superiority complex. Well, does that mean that I need to have a superiority complex to be ultra-high-achieving? If so, I'm out, right? If it required narcissism to be a warrior king, you shouldn't want to do it, right? Your character comes first, given nothing else. I will be content to live in constant communion with God, right? Commitment number one. So our spiritual state is more important than anything. But that being said, I actually think that there is a fact hidden in the verbiage that we can make use of. Now, I don't believe that you should ever view yourself as better than other people. If anything, it is a great posture to take to view yourself as the chief of sinners, Right There's this parable that makes its way around Orthodox circles where there was this exceptionally holy man who would walk around the city always mumbling under his breath and mumbling things that were quite harsh against himself, right? He would just walk and mumble, you know, stupid old man and you're so lazy and you're so this and you're that. And everyone saw how holy he was and they would wonder why, why is he saying all these things about himself? Well, it's because he had attained such a level of holiness that he had to keep himself humble at all times and remind himself that, you know, compared to God, he is nothing. And even compared to his brothers and sisters, he is nothing, right? It's a good posture to take to lower yourself in a way, right? Not to beat yourself up to the degree where it starts to harm, you know, maybe you start to get depressed and those kinds of things, right? I've talked about humility before. I don't believe that that's humility, but to view your faults honestly. So you shouldn't think that you're better than other people. I certainly don't believe that. But if you take a superiority complex and someone who believes he's better than other people, and rather than making that outward focused, you make that inward focused, it actually becomes quite positive, right? And what would that look like? So if, I'm, if I think, if I have great faith in my own abilities, and I, I really think that I have you know, the capacity and the resources and the discipline and the grit to, say, get through a workout or get a job that I'm after or maybe um, meet a girl that I like and, you know, ask her on a date and romance her and court her and everything. If I believe in myself and if I do that looking outward, then I might say, oh, I believe in myself and I'm great at these things and I see all these other people fail and they just suck. Well, that's, that's not the way you should approach it. Rather, if you just compare yourself to yourself, as I've talked about before, then it just becomes an empowering belief, right? You should have full confidence in your ability to achieve virtually anything, right? And I talk about this all the time with how you should set your goals. You should not be realistic. You should aim to be 
beyond what people consider just, you know, barely getting by. And if you do that with rather than comparing yourself to other people, if you do that as a standalone thought process, it doesn't have to be derogatory towards others, right? So I would say that you should absolutely never develop a superiority complex. And if you do have a superiority complex, you should find some people who are better than you at everything and they're out there. Trust me, no matter how good you are, there's always someone better. If you think that you're living the spiritual life, you know, go to a monastery and look at the monks and they'll put you to shame. If you think that you're very successful and wealthy, just go to a big city and look at all the fancy cars and you'll realize there are people doing better than you in those things. Humble yourself a bit. But then at the same time, of course, once you've done that, you need to realize that given enough time and enough work and God's blessing, you can achieve virtually anything. No matter how difficult it appears, you have the ability to get the job done. I'm telling you, right? You will surprise yourself. No matter how much you believe that something will fail, if you just work at it and you iterate and you show up every day, it will very likely happen if it's God's will, of course, right? So I'm not going to say that you can guarantee it because that would be a very worldly way to look at things, right? I can get it done no matter what. No, if God doesn't want you to do it and you have committed your life to God, then he will say, fine, you know, you pledged yourself to me. I'm going to prevent this from happening because it's not good for you. So, I think the first item on the list, we definitely should not have a superiority complex, but we absolutely must believe in our ability to get the job done, right? And I've built this type of confidence over the years by just getting things done, right? This is how you build confidence. You just look at something and say, I I don't think I can do that. And then try anyway, just really just show up and just do it, even if the whole time you don't believe it's going to happen and you don't think you can do it, if you just show up and work, you, you're going to get all kinds of things done and in the end, they'll look really, really easy to you, right? Maybe you're very skinny, right? I used to be very skinny. When I was in high school, I was 125 pounds. Now I'm 170 pounds. Now looking back at it, I'm like, of course I can build muscle. Anyone can build muscle, right? So you unlock this, this viewpoint every time you conquer a hill right? The more hills you climb, the more you trust in yourself to be able to climb the next one. And the same is true with any sort of difficulty in life. The more trials and tribulation you work through and come out on the other side, the more you'll trust in yourself when the next problem arises. That's why there's no substitute for wisdom. As you get older, you will start to acquire this experience. So that's my interpretation of the first item. I don't think that Ultra successful people necessarily have a superiority complex. Rather, I would venture a guess and say that they just believe in their ability to get the job done. Because most people who don't believe in their ability to do something, they're not going to attempt it. Right? If I, you know, someone hands me a basketball and we're, you know, we're, we're playing basketball and then he says, all right, go dunk the ball. I'm like, I can't dunk. Right? I know what my vertical is. I, there's no way I'm going to be able to dunk that. I'm not going to try it. Like, what's the point? The same is true in all kinds of areas of life. Is when you don't believe that you have the ability to achieve the task, you generally won't try, right? If, um, let's say, you almost miss your exit and you're driving down the highway and you see that it's, you know, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 feet or something, you're like, I can make that. You might swerve the car and please don't do this in real life. But if you think you can do it, you'll just go for it. But if you can't, but you're like, all right, fine, I'll take the next exit and add five minutes to my route. No big deal. 
But that is a quality that we have to develop, of course. This trust in ourselves. Now, the second trait that he lists is crippling insecurity. And again, I don't think that this is a quality that a warrior king can get away with. I don't think that if you have insecurities, that you don't think you'll ever be good enough, that that is going to be a healthy spiritual posture to have. Right? If you think about it like this, your value as a human being doesn't come from your achievements. Your value as a human being comes from the image of God in you. So, quote-unquote, good enough isn't something that you measure based on how much money you have or how big you are or how, how successful you are with women. That's not the point. The reason we do these things is to achieve our potential as men, right? And to facilitate harmony, to facilitate other people's safety and well-being, our family, our community, our church, to make a positive impact. They are tools. They are not your identity. Right? And I'll say that one more time for the people in the back. Your wealth, your strength, your intellect, these are not your identity. They are tools to achieve your purpose. Don't get attached to them. Right? You have to see this the way the Stoics saw it. Right? There's a very famous story. I think it was Seneca, one of the Stoics, who was a very wealthy man. And once a month, he would sleep on the floor, wear dirty rags as clothes, drink rainwater, and eat rice and beans. Just to remind himself that, first of all, poverty is not scary. And second of all, I'm not my wealth. I'm not my station. I'm not my job. I am my character, my virtue. And this is perfectly in line with the Christian worldview. You are the state of your character, your virtue. That's who you are. So like the first quality, I don't think that an ultra-successful person has to have insecurity. Rather, I think that this is referring to the hunger, right? That's how I interpret it. And I, I have the saying that I use sometimes, good enough is never good enough. And I do plan on making a field log on that eventually. And the idea that's meant to communicate is that when you've worked towards something, like let's say you're in the gym and you started to put on a little bit of muscle and a little bit of strength, and you slowly start to relax and you're like, hey, you know, I'm starting to look pretty decent and I'm getting a little strong here. And I'm, maybe you're stronger than the guys that you work out with or some of the guys in the gym that you see or your friends in general. And you're, you start to, you know, take your foot off the gas a little bit. You can't do that, right? Your discipline and your work ethic have to, if anything, remain constant, if not grow. You should continuously fight and push, right? If you're a soldier and you're fighting a rivaling army and you know, your, your side is starting to turn the tides and you're winning and you got the other guys on the back foot, you don't ease up. You continue to push until the goal is achieved. So you don't just settle for good enough. If your goal was real excellence in a particular pursuit, be it weight training or your career, or, you know, you're, maybe you're studying something, you're learning something, and then you get to a level that's decent, you don't stop. You keep pushing. So you can see that this second quality of ultra-successful people doesn't have to be insecurity because you can imagine that the point here is that when you're insecure and you think you'll never be good enough, you keep working harder and harder trying to prove something. But rather, 
if you don't feel that way and you believe and understand that your value as a human being, as a man, comes from the image of God in you, you can still say that my effectiveness as a man, at least, you know, in my leadership role and in my role to be able to protect and provide, comes from my ability to give security to people, then you're going to keep pushing because you can't have too much security. You can't build too much wealth as long as it's not corrupting you, right? Big disclaimer. But if you're detached from your wealth and you continue to build it, you can just keep giving away more money. You know, some people might say that I'm comfortable and I'm well-fed, I have a roof over my head, and maybe that's the standard for them, and that's fine. But if you've committed yourself to the warrior king life, you understand that if I work a little harder and I continue to progress and I build more wealth, I can just give more of it away. Right? The money is never going to be wasted, especially in the hands of somebody who loves and fears God. That money is going to be better spent. Right? And I'm using money as an example here because it's very easy. But this applies to anything. Continue to push and understand that you don't just settle for good enough, that your goal is excellence. Right? We had an episode on this a couple of days ago. Work until they ask, what are you on? Right? Go listen to that if you haven't already. Your goal is that level of achievement until people are just dumbfounded. Like, how, how do you do it? So that's, that's a way you can, you know, take a piece of information from this second quality, you know, reinterpret this second quality and make it something that's not going to be harmful to your spiritual life, right? You don't want to view yourself as, quote unquote, not good enough because you're not as rich as you think you need to be. You are, as long as you're pursuing God with all your heart, exactly where you need to be. That being said, there is great utility in working harder, right? And the final quality doesn't really need reinterpretation because it's not a negative quality. Impulse control. The ability to put off present pleasure for future reward. And I think this actually might be an Aristotle quote, and I, I could be misattributing it, but I've read it somewhere before. It was many years ago. I think it was Aristotle. That success is directly correlated to your ability to forego present pleasure for future reward. Do you have the ability to not do the thing that your monkey brain wants you to do right now in order to achieve something greater? Right? And this you can see this in the spiritual life too, right? Let's say that you have a tendency towards gluttony. And you're at the grocery store and you're like, you know, I'm really going to clean up my diet. I'm going to eat more responsibly. I'm going to have good stewardship over my body and take care of myself the way a man should. And then you see the donuts. Your success in that endeavor to beat gluttony is going to be directly related to your ability to forego present pleasure, right? The taste of the donut for the future reward of having beaten the gluttony. Or let's say you're tired, but you're at a vigil. Right? You know, let's say it's Pascha and the service is going to be until three or four in the morning. Last year, Pascha, I had a very, very busy day that day. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was up at like seven in the morning and I was running around all day. And come midnight, when I changed into my suit to go to the Paschal service, I was dead tired. My legs hurt. It was so bad. But I forced myself to push through this because I understood that. Being at this feast, the feast of all feasts, is so much more important than my comfort. So my body was screaming at me to go home, go to sleep, 
rest up because I was tired, but I knew that I had to push through that. And if you ask anybody who went to that service with me, they'll tell you I was hopping back and forth, you know, left leg, right leg, left leg. I was squatting down, stretching, just trying to stay awake. My legs were hurting, but I pushed through, thank God. And I was able to experience the joy of Pascha. And that's going to be true of any pursuit you have, not just spiritual, material as well, especially there, right? You can even take the same example with the donuts. Let's say it's not gluttony, but you are a bit overweight and you're trying to get into shape and eat cleaner, right? That's just a very practical pursuit. Your success in that pursuit is directly correlated to your ability to say, I don't care how I feel right now, I'm pursuing something greater. I can tell you from someone who used to smoke, right? I smoked for a few years, smoked cigarettes. And quitting smoking, it's a perfect example. In that, in the moment, you know, let's say it's day one, day two, day three especially is very difficult. You really, really, really crave a cigarette. But you know, if I can push through that desire right now, the nicotine receptors in my brain, they die very quickly, right? It doesn't take more than two or three weeks for your physiological dependence on cigarettes to go away. And if you can do that, if you can push through that feeling, you will achieve a greater reward where you'll be completely free from nicotine addiction, right? And I would imagine other drugs might be similar. You know, maybe you have a drinking problem or God forbid it's some more serious drug. But if you can get through the withdrawals and you can push through, there is something more beautiful on the other side. If you can decide that right now I really want to just hang out and play video games and watch TV, but I'm going to forego that present pleasure for that future reward of being the man that God needs me to be, being as capable as I need to be. So I'm going to use that time instead and I'm going to read, what, Lives of the Saints. I'm going to work on my side business. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to meal prep for the week, whatever it is. That singular quality is going to have a massive impact on your ability to be the man that you need to be. So in conclusion, right, looking back at it, I would reframe it and I would say that the three qualities that ultra-successful people have in common is A, they have the belief in themselves to achieve virtually anything. With God's blessing and with enough discipline and determination, you can have it. You can build it. You can make it. You can overcome it. Two, they understand that quitting when you're doing okay or when you're you know, good enough is not an option. Your goal is excellence. You should try to be the best blank that you can be, whatever blank is for you, right? If you're, say, a construction worker, be the best construction worker you can be. Go the extra mile. If you're an athlete, be the best athlete you can be. There is great virtue in achieving excellence through determination and reliance on God. And then three, you have to be able to skip out on whatever you want to do in the moment, if appropriate, right? That doesn't mean that you should never, ever take leisure, right? I'm in the episode yesterday and rising early. I, I think it was yesterday. I talked about this principle of revenge sleep procrastination, right? So if you're constantly a workaholic and you're never giving yourself leisure, then you'll burn out, you'll crash, or you'll stay up late and ruin everything, right? So you have to understand that you are a human being and you need rest. God gave us this example on the seventh day after he created the world. He rested to let us know. Day seven, you rest, right? I try not to work on Sundays. So today, 
What I want you to do is I want you to just examine those three qualities. You know, make a note in your notes app right now. Carve out some time, five or ten minutes. Maybe think about it in the car to work or on the way back from work or before you go to bed or during your journaling. It doesn't matter. But take these three qualities and ask yourself, one, do I believe, do I really believe that with God on my side and with enough discipline and work, I can achieve whatever thing that I think I need to achieve? Two, am I the kind of man who quits when things are good enough? And, you know, this can be little or big things, doesn't matter, right? You know, you're cleaning the kitchen counter and I'm like, that's clean enough. Well, did you get it really clean? Did you really put your heart into it? And three, are you constantly distracted by pleasures? If you develop these three qualities, I firmly believe that you will achieve your God-given purpose at an astounding speed, right? Of course, God's timing is perfect and it'll happen when it's meant to happen. But if you build those qualities, you will be an asset to the people around you. You'll be an asset to your family and to your church and to your employer, right? Maybe you run a company to your employees. Develop those qualities. Look at your life. Be honest with yourself, right? It doesn't matter where you are now as long as you're honest with yourself and willing to grow. And if you do that and develop those qualities, you can conquer anything and be a great asset to the people around you. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.